WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. You're good at what you do, too. She is Natalie Jacobson. You are the dean of South Shore Broadcasting. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. Best-selling author, Dave Wedge. you got to say that. I'm sorry. Thank, thank, you. Huh? thank you, Mayor. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful to be here. Kevin's been a long time. Thanks for all you do. All you, you know, your local news icon. We appreciate it. Oh, Kathy's doing a great job at this. And I've decided she's jelly. I got to be peanut butter. There was a debate about There was a debate about that. There was that. a debate. You fine with jelly? I'm fine with jelly. Okay, good. Jelly spikes my sugars. Good evening and welcome to Monday Night Talk. As you know, I am not Kevin Tachi, and I'm going to be your host for the first hour with Massachusetts State Auditor Diana DeZaglio. Welcome back to Monday Night Talk. It's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Jermaine Wiggins member of the 2001 Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Welcome to Monday Night Talk. Oh, thank you for having me. Anytime. Not just economic development, but it's how to get the businesses involved. Senator, I want to thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you being a, a voice bringing so much community news to uh, to folks here on the South Shore. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk live from Broadcast House. Cannot believe that we've already kind of cruised to the end of January. One month down in 2024. We have some great guests. We kick things off in just a few moments as he's uh, joining us. He's here. Just wait until I kind of go, run through the list. He'll start his chat. Uh, we kick things off with State Representative Matt Muratori. That's one T with Matt. One T and Matt. One T and Matt. Uh, we'll chat with him about uh, several things, not only to get his take on Governor Healy's uh, FY25 budget. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, someone running for state Senate in the, I think it's the Plymouth and Barnstable District. Who's that? I uh, don't know. I'm going to find out in a few minutes. Uh, and also talk about, you know, some of the things that are, uh, affect that particular district, the uh, the district itself, district issues. I'm sure he's going to look forward to kind of give his details on it as he had a kickoff last week. I think he had several kickoffs. At three, yeah. At three of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All over the district. Yeah. If you missed one, I'm sure there's going to be other functions that it's going to be holding. Sure. Sure. Uh, following him, so happens, a, a suitor for the first Plymouth district state rep seat, um, we have Michelle Badger who will be joining us. She'll pop in and we'll get her take on... Uh, why she's running for office and why she is uh, the candidate to beat. I say that about all the candidates. They all want to be the candidate to beat. <laughs> Hour number two, Laura Fitzgerald Kemet. She's the chair of the Hanson Select Board. We chat with her about a, a bunch of things. Uh, not only about uh, the revitalization of Main Street in Hanson. Uh, it's long been a, an area source board spot when you talk to... Uh, elected officials, community leaders, uh, Main Street, not enough being done well. There's been uh, there's been some development. We're going to talk about that. Also talk about some of the other town properties like the light control uh, proj- um, uh, property as well as the, the old McQuan School. What's going to be done with that? Thoughts are that maybe it should be – maybe it should be – over 55 housing, maybe it should be developed uh, as a, uh, um, a council on aging and a library, and much, much more. Plus, we'll also touch base on the upcoming town elections, always promised to be exciting in Hanson. And then we're going to close things out, going to drop the gloves. No, not literally, but we're going to talk with uh, Tim Wisberger, 
He is uh, the host of Dropping the Gloves. It's a hockey podcast. Joining us also, who also has a podcast, is Ben Ro- Ben Robinowitz. I always say his name wrong. Ben Robinowitz uh, is going to be joining us. Uh, as you know him, we know him from Causeway Kings. He's been in here. We'll talk about the NHL season uh, as it is the All Star break this week. Uh, Bruins. A lot of people kind of thought that they would be out of the picture where they lost uh, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci. Ah. Not as the case. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But now we turn our focus to uh, State Rep Matt Muratori, who is currently uh, who is currently um, uh, in the, in the running to be for the State Senate uh, Plymouth Barnstable. Correct. How are you? Good yourself. Pretty good. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Seems Year. Seems like it was forever ago, though. Yeah, seeing that we, we kind of were hanging out on Christmas Day. Right. That's right. Yeah, that podcast yeah, that is up. That was fun. All podcasts. We're, we are up to date with podcasts. We'll do our best moving forward. Uh, we also have more intros I in love the, the openings now. That's more, wonderful. More intros in the works. Finally. <laughs> uh, we'll find a way to sneak you in there somewhere. Um, as we had, I had, I had literally about 50 sound cuts. That it was it was so difficult to kind of whittle it down to a few. I bet. I bet. Yeah, um, but yeah. I picked I picked what I could for now because yeah. I had so many people who are like, "When's it going to happen?" I figured we'd do it at the start of the new year. You and I have been talking about that for a couple of years. Now. We have, we have. <laughs> at least ever since Baker left. <laughs> that is true. Uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, what's what's happening up at the state house. Uh, last week, the gov the uh, the administration uh, just, uh, revealed their <coughs> FY twenty five budget. Um, have you and your colleagues had a chance to take a look at it uh, and get a kind of get an understanding of it before it makes its way to the House? Yeah, so um, it was released last Wednesday afternoon, um, the week before she did her State of the State, and so we got a preview of what what was to come. So we had a chance to kind of you know look at it a little bit. Our first hearing is actually next Wednesday, February 7th at noontime at Gardner Auditorium. We're actually going to be uh, talking about the revenue side of it at that point to get a better understanding of that. Uh, and then we'll we'll go on the road. Uh, as you know, I'm on the uh, House Ways and Means as the uh, the system ranking uh, minority member on the on the committee, and we'll be hitting the road and s- stopping in probably six to eight different locations throughout the Commonwealth in February and March, and do a listening tour and hear from every secretariat and the bits and pieces of the budget and break it down, and then we'll come up with the House budget uh, the last week of uh, last week of April that we'll uh, we'll debate the House budget. How does that give you an intra- inside track as a legislator hearing from all these folks around the Commonwealth? I'll tell you, it makes a huge difference, Kevin, by hearing people and the concerns um, and, you know, what's, what's good in the budget, what's not so good in the budget. And it helps us to formulate a budget that, that will, uh, you know, make some, um, some um, improvements to what's already there from the governor's budget. This ongoing migrant issue mm-hmm. seems to be it's going to be around for yeah. a while. And it seems as though it's something that is, you know, reflective in the upcoming budget. Mm-hmm. Also, the recent 9C cuts, I would think that that's the yeah. reason why yeah. we're seeing cuts is because there's a way to try to assist these 7,500 people who have found their way to yeah. Uh, yeah. Massachusetts and are looking for a place to call home and, and to work. Um, is this something that we're going to see a billion dollars worth that we could see? the budget for fiscal 25 be approximately a billion dollars less than fiscal 24? 
Um, I don't know, but I don't I don't know about that because there's other areas that she's looking to take money from. Um, uh, there are different pockets in in the Commonwealth, like the Gaming Commission has different pockets of money that they can take from. So, uh, but the cost for the migrants will will hit a billion dollars. You know, and, and look, th- that's an issue that is is not a Republican or Democratic issue. It's an issue of, of it's really... Humanitarian. It's a humanitarian issue, yeah. yeah. And, and we, everyone has compassion for the people who are coming here. The issue we have is that right to shelter law that was signed by uh, Governor Dukakis in 1983 was really to help families in need. It was families that came on hard times that needed housing. And there's a loophole in this now that anybody can come in Massachusetts, be here a day, and you have the right as a family to get shelter. And that's what's happening here. And... Um, so that's why it's it's costing money. That's why, you know, we already have a housing issue as it is, as you know. We already already have health care issues where the health care system is, you know, is exploding. So we have more people in the health care system. So it's an affordability issue with housing and health care, um, you know, and education. The schools are getting burdened now. And so my my thing is we got to come up with a plan. We have to have a plan and to try to to try to help this situation and you know maybe looking at a residency agreement or a residency uh, requirement to have you know maybe maybe you have to live here for ninety days or 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 one hundred and twenty days or something you know before you can qualify for this because now what's happening is not only are we putting people in hotels which isn't the best place for families to be living anyways. Mm. But now they're living in the airport, they're going to conference rooms, and it's a humanitarian issue. You're yeah. absolutely right. And, and we've got to help solve this for, for these people and the taxpayers of Massachusetts. And I'm asking you a rhetorical question mm. because I don't think anybody has the answer, yeah. but what happens first? The federal government figures this out and, and shuts the, the spigot well, off yeah. as to the immigration and finds yeah. uh, a resolution for a problem. Correct. With... Um, that's the issue. Okay. That that's the issue. You know, this this wasn't created by Massachusetts. This is a federal government uh, problem. That and, and that's where the issue lies. And and I know the administration is working with the federal delegation with the president on and trying to solve this issue and, and trying to come up with funding to help at least reimburse some of this. Um, but they have to solve the border issue. Um, otherwise, this is going to keep happening. But at the same time, we got to look at our own policy on that right to shelter and see what we need to do. To help stop the the the, infl- the influx of people coming in here that we can't even care for, which isn't fair to them. So uh, I ask you, I ask you this, and that is, is how much do you think it's going to be a major number that's going to be factored into the fiscal twenty five budget when it comes to the migrant situation? And again, I'm asking I, you I something think it that will you, be. you you you're not necessarily going to be part of the decision yeah. making, right? But it's yeah, something I, that I th- yeah, it, it's gonna it, it's part of the budget. It is part of the budget. You know, it could be a, you know a half billion to a, to a billion dollars. We'll have to wait to see how it all how it all shakes out. Let's uh, let's move forward as to um, besides talking about the budget. Let's talk about you running for state senate. Yeah. What, what was what was what made what was the deciding factor that you said? You know, you know, Kevin. Um, back in uh, mid December, I got a call one night, and it was uh, our good friend Vinny DiMasito. Yep. He says, "Hey, I don't know if you heard or not, but uh, Senator Moran is not running." For re-election. I said, you're kidding me. He says, nope. And his next breath was, you should think about running. Now, he had called me four years earlier when he decided to go to, to uh, Bridgewater State University about running. And I thought about it for a week and, you know, talked to my family and all. It just wasn't the right time. But I thought about what he had to say. And uh, the more I started talking to people about it and looking at it, the, the stars started to align. 
and things seem to be falling into place that seem to make sense to actually do it this time around. And I got to tell you, Kevin, we've got some great support throughout the district. You know, I I knew I'd get it in Plymouth, but the uh, the, the first event we had in Plymouth last week, as you alluded to, was just amazing. We had close to 200 people there, never had an event with that many people that came from all over the part of the district. You know, we had people from Pembroke and Kingston and, and Plimpton there, and of course a lot of people from Plymouth. And then I started going to the Cape had an event in Sandwich and an event in Falmouth. And it's interesting that the people that are coming out that want to come and kind of support. And I think what they're looking for is, you know, somebody that can actually, you know, put a plan together that can actually win it, but actually somebody that can work with people. And I think that's my reputation is that I'm able to work with people. Um, and I think that's refreshing to people. I hear, I hear that word a lot. It's refreshing to see somebody that can actually do the job and work with people to get things done. Was it a difficult decision for you to make? Because it I was. know that you had deep roots in, in yeah. Plymouth yeah. And, and serving that community <clears throat> in yeah. so many different ways. Yeah, it, it really was. And, um, and one of the stars that aligned was I realized that where, where we live in, Plym- in uh, Plymouth, it's five minutes from the Sagamore Bridge which is really almost in the middle of the district. It takes me 45 minutes to get to Woodhull. Woods Hole. takes me 45 minutes to get to Pembroke. So, you know, that was one of the factors. Of course, we had to wait for all the kids to come home for the holidays and talk to them about it. You know, um, the way our life is now with our kids are older now than they were four years ago. Mm. You know, we'll have, uh, you know, three out of the house and two in college next year, only one at home now. Um, you know, um, you know my, my business life has slowed down somewhat. So really, I'm just doing the state rep job. And what somebody said to me, when I said the exact same thing, I said, but I love Plymouth so much. They mm. said, but you've been so effective in Plymouth that wouldn't you like to continue to do that in Plymouth but take it to seven other communities and help them as well? I said, you know what? That's a fair point. What do you feel are going to be some of the challenges that you will face running for this particular office? I think the, I think the biggest challenge is the fundraising that you have to do. I, I hate asking people for money. And for something like this, you know, when we do a state rep race, we raise about 35000 every two years. Okay, we, we do that, and that's fine, and you can run a race on that. Because I only have one community. Mm. Whereas this is eight communities altogether. The, the budget that our team has put together is, is $271,000. You know, so I got, I got like 35000 in the bank. So I said, okay, so now i got to start getting on the phone every day for two hours a day for the next three months and, and start calling people for, for money. And there's a formula that we have with people. We have names of people to call and all that throughout the Commonwealth and the district you know, that are, that are high, you know, high amounts of money. But I think that's the hardest part to do. Um, the campaigning part, the door knocking and the plan that we put together, I think it's a foolproof plan that takes us right to uh, election night to win. Um, I, I'm all good with that. It's just asking people for the contributions. Knowing that you're serving seven communities mm-hmm. a- across two counties, mm-hmm. um, I would think that some of their issues are going to be similar in nature, mm-hmm. but they're going to be some that are going to be varying and maybe unique onto their own. What have you learned so far about these communities that you're hoping to serve that's going to be the Plymouth Barnes yeah. School District? Well, first of all, um, the Cape is different than this side of the bridge. <clears throat> There's no doubt about it in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, they're the same, too. You know, it's all, you know, the affordability issues, going to the grocery store, housing, health care, education. Those seem to be common throughout. Mm. Um, the bridges, obviously, is, is an issue Major more so for people on the Cape, and which is great because it's something I've been working on for several years now. 
um, and that we, we're close to getting the rest of the funding. So to replace that Sagamore Bridge over the next, hopefully the next six, seven years would be terrific. Um, so that, you know, that seems to be a concern. And, of course, it's a concern for them because it helps with tourism. And, you know, same with us on this side of the bridge as well. Falmouth is interesting, too. Um, they, they've got an issue with the Steamship Authority, believe it or not, because of the, the way the control board is set up. Because the control board is made up of, I think it's five members. And it's... And it's the most balance. It's not balanced. Most of the members are from the from the islands and not from this side of it. So that I thought that was kind of interesting. But the best part about Falmouth is my wife is uh, grew up in Falmouth. Uh, Family's been there fifty years. I worked there. You know, lived there. Got married there. My kids got uh, four of my kids were were born at Falmouth Hospital. So it was good to be there and be back with people that you know, family and friends and people that we've known over the years and reconnecting with people again. So. That was a lot of fun, and I'm going to enjoy that. If you're just tuning in, we are speaking with State Representative Matt Muratori, uh, also candidate for State Senate, uh, and we're here talking uh, a little bit about that. Also doing a little housekeeping, talking about what's going on uh, with, the, with the budget. Uh, digressing back to, to, the, um, to the bridges, uh, nice to see the federal government stepping mm-hmm. in, yep. uh, nearly $400 million mm-hmm. that uh, you know, they're going uh, to put towards it. Um, have we seen any early designs on the bridges, or is there hope that it might be a tunnel? That it might be a series of tunnels, or yeah, no, I, I have not seen any of that. But I, I do under, the way I understand it, though, the bridges will be done uh, will be made ahead of time. So it's not like it's not like they're they're going to be building them at the time. So it's right, something right. you bring together and you 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 construct it right. Almost there like a modular time. bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of like mm-hmm. they did up on the North Shore. Yeah, sure. up in the Newburyport area. So th- yeah, that's the way it's going to be. So yeah, no, I haven't seen any drawings for it yet, or how it's going to be configured. But we want to make sure that it's done in a way that's helpful for the people on on the Cape side and also the people on the Plymouth side as well. Because the last exit leaving leaving uh, before you get to Sagamore Bridge is the Plymouth exit, mm. and that is just congested as hell right now. Uh, because of the people that that live down there, and particularly on the weekends, that people try to make that as a cut through. So, uh, so yeah, so we've been having issues for a few years with that. So interesting that you know, prior to Sumerin winning the seat, it was mm. it was Vinnie DiMacito. Mm. Um, prior to that, it was I think Terry Murray. Terry Murray. How much pride is there in, in attempting to win this seat and? Being able to serve a greater you know, number of constituents. <laughs> you know, you know I, I don't know if it's so much pride as much as it's, it's terrifying, actually. And it's, it's also... Um, Why is it terrifying? Pr- well, because there's a lot of pressure. Because, you know, we've had Vinny. We've had, you know, Terry as the Senate president. You know, and, and I'm seeing us following in their footsteps. And it's like, there's a lot of pressure there to, to be sure that, you know, that, that I can win that race. But I can guarantee people, you know... Nobody's going to work as, as hard as I am on a, on a race. It's, it's always a way because I'm very, you know, I, I love to win, you know. So I, I, I take on a challenge. I'm really excited about the challenge. And, uh, and, and I, think we'll, I think we'll do well, but we're going to work hard at it. Have you had a chance to meet with the, the leaders and community leaders, municipal leaders in each community, Falmouth, yeah. Pembroke? Yeah. First, the first thing I did, um, one, one of the first reaches, reaches out that I did uh, to, to to gauge whether I should do this or not was leaders in all those communities. Um, so, you know, before the holidays and right after the holidays, I spent a lot of time talking to people in every single one of those districts, some of the major leaders in there, getting their thoughts, hearing what they have to say. Um, and, yeah, so it, it, and that's and that really it helped me a lot to make the decision, and we made the decision right on New Year's Day that, you know, let's do this, and they really helped a lot in making that decision. 
uh, you've been able to be able to bring back, um, you know, monies and, and assist Plymouth. Um, what are some of the things that other communities are asking you about if you are if you are elected that they would seek for their respective communities? Yeah, you know, nothing specific at this point, but what people are looking for, what I'm finding so far is people are looking for somebody that's going to be able to listen to them uh, and help them through whatever their problems are. And I, ha- I have a reputation that seems to spread to the Cape and to this side, outside of Plymouth, which I didn't realize until I started doing this, of being a problem solver, like I said. Right. And that's what they're looking for. Somebody that can, they can pick up the phone, they can text and say, hey, can you help us with it? Can you help us out? They know I'll do that. I'll get them an answer. Sometimes it's no, but they appreciate getting the answer. A lot of times it's yes, and this is how we do it. And we work together to do it. You look at you know you making the announcement that you're, you're going to yeah. run for state senate. Sumerian decided she's going to she's going to seek another seat within Barnstable County. Josh Kotler, you know, uh, undersecretary of <coughs> that labor, was a surprise, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're seeing some 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 key <coughs> a leader legislative leaders who are leaving these positions or looking to to move on. Um, how important is continuity when it comes to? It's huge. Yeah. It's huge because, you know, the, the biggest thing I learned, I learned this from Terry and from, um, from Vinny, is that it's all about relationship building. And, um, you know, COVID kind of set that back a ways. Right. Uh, a lot of the newer people that were elected in 2020 and even 2022, I didn't, I didn't really know because we weren't, in, we weren't able to come in. Um, getting to know a lot of them now, though, but that is huge. That's the biggest part of this job is just is making those relationships with your colleagues and people in the administration to get things done. And it's a hard thing when you first get in to do that, but you have you have to build that relationship in order to do it. Now, a lot of folks know you're you're a reoccurring member on this on this radio program. Mm-hmm. You're on the radio station all the time. But folks who are just listening from other parts of that uh, that Barnstable Plymouth district. What are some of the what are some of the things that are near and dear to uh, you when it comes to fighting up on the hill for certain things, <clears throat> whether it's for, um, whether it's for uh, senior center, for folks who are in nursing homes, whether it's for coastal um, issues, whether it's you know dealing with the the, um, the nuclear power station and that being uh, taken down as we hear ongoing issues in regards to evaporating water. What are some things that are near and dear to you that you want folks in the other parts of that district to know about? Well, all those things that you've mentioned and more. Um, But I think the the one... I didn't name them all. Yeah. Just a couple. The one one thing I, you know, I've always talked about because it's it's very personal to me is mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, with having family members that have had mental health and struggled through that. I remember my first kickoff I had, I think it was in the Pine Hills, actually, in, in 2014 when I was running for state rep. And I brought this issue up about, you know, mental health and... You know, I, I want to, you know, fight to make the awareness of this and try to help get, you know, more funding and access and all that. And here we are, um, uh, last last year, we passed a major mental health bill. And that took, you know, eight years, almost eight, almost nine years to do. But you know what? It was that relationship building that I was talking about and talking to people and using my background and my voice and my stories that, you know, helped contribute to that overall. And that's such a great feeling to do that. And uh, we still need to do more on mental health. We need to do more on addiction. Um, and I, with my background in healthcare, I got a passion for that. Uh, but these other things that you mentioned, like the nuclear power plant, 
you know, as Michelle knows, you know, I've been involved with that for 20 years since I, you know, first got on the finance committee in 2005. Um, so we got to make sure that that's decommissioned correctly. Um, you know, you mentioned seniors. Seniors have been a great advocate for seniors my entire career. I'm a nursing home administrator, so I fell in love with seniors at the age of 16. You know, my first job was a dishwasher in a nursing home. And so I always advocate for seniors and, you know, retirees. And um, I just met with a woman who's 92 years old, and she goes, I want you to know I'm a Democrat, she says, but I always vote for you. She says, because you support retirees. Well, why why shouldn't we support? I don't care what party you're with. You should always support, support retirees because they earned it. They earned it through the work that they've done through their career. We should be helping them. Well, there are some who would who who care about the D and the R. Yeah, this is there a great mm-hmm. imbalance right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. in the legislature? Sure, there, there is. Sure, there, sure. I mean, this, look at I. You know, I and you may remember this. I've been I'm being criticized um, on the the far right. Uh, for a commercial I did back in October 22 right here on WATD with Josh Cutler and Kathleen Lenatra. Mm. And, and the reason that was done is because of two things. The polarization in the national politics, yep. but also what was happening in Massachusetts at that time as well. The Mass Jew GOP was in disarray. We weren't getting any support as candidates. And it was, we need, what I needed to do for the people in Plymouth is show that I can work with people across the aisle. And that's why we did that commercial. Majority of people really love the fact because people, I believe, want us to work together. They don't care about the R or the D. Now, when it comes to politics and we have to actually vote on things, 97% of the time I vote with the Republican leadership. So we do vote differently as Democrats and Republicans. But when it comes to to the community and you're you're supporting together, you work together on that. And that's what people care about. And you feel that that makes you an effective leader? Absolutely. And that you being being elected now, you know, you, you we're talking a little bit about uh, what's going on with Pilgrim and the decommissioning, right? Um, how important is it to to retain a leader like you? Again, you're switching <coughs> uh, branches of government here uh, to keep keep up that fight. You're one of you know one of a few who have stayed in the fight and stayed engaged. Mm. Again, I think it's all about rela- relationships and reputation. And, uh, you know, I also believe there should be more of a balance of power. When Charlie Baker was in as governor, it helped to have more balance of power. So, it, you know, we, we don't have a Democratic governor. We have, a, you know, a, a Democratic legislature and a governor. But so the more we can elect as Republicans, we'll never have the majority of the party in Massachusetts. But if we can move the 24 members of the House, if we can, out of 160, up a little bit more, if we can move the four senators to five senators, maybe six senators out of the 40, it creates more of a balance. But again, I think it's more about being able to be effective and working with people. Mm. And then when you're up there, you know, working for your communities together, that's what people want. Well, I think the uh, former f- former radio host, state senator, now mayor of, of Weymouth, Bob Hedlund, would always joke about how so few Republicans they were in the Senate was there that they would they would uh, not not really, but they would almost could meet in a phone booth. They were they could. Yeah. They would, that's how they would caucus was in a <clears throat> phone booth because there were so few of them. Yeah, but and, you know, and they did a lot. Yeah, and let me tell you about that too. So with the four senators that are Republicans right now, I believe they they each have uh, twelve or thirteen or fourteen committees. There's no way that all of them can actually be involved and know what's happening in all these committees. Right. So the more you have, the less committees. So I, I think if I'm fortunate enough to be elected, I think it'll be like we'll have eight committees, which is a lot more manageable to be on 
than than having you know twelve or fourteen different committees. Uh, and let's remind folks the committees yeah. that you currently serve on as a state rep. Yeah, uh, the House Ways and Means, obviously. Uh, yep, yeah, that's the key one. Um, small business and municipalities. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything I haven't asked you in regards to your campaign or anything that's going on at the state house that you want to kind of take a moment to talk to? No, no. Just again, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting the budget season going and. Uh, Start that process. Uh, campaign uh, info. Do you have a? Is there a website in the works? Well, you know, again, we just made the decision on New Year's Day, and okay. it, it took us three weeks to actually build out the team. And now this week, we're doing the Facebook posts. So we're, we're we're revamping that. We're revamping the website. So the website will still be the same. It's Matt Miratori. Two T's and Matt Miratori dot com. Um, and uh, but we're in the process of revising. Did you say two T's? Two T's and Matt Miratori dot com. Okay. <laughs> Why not one? <clears throat> because the the one T was already taken okay. somehow. <laughs> You're gonna confuse people. And it's funny, my Gmail is Matt Miratori with one T dot com because at Gmail dot com because Matt Miratori with two T's I was already taken. So which is it? Because I'm confused. I know. <laughs> is it is it technically one T or two? Uh, Matthew was one T technically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My mom, my, uh, I was born in Caribou, Maine, and so it was up on the Canadian border. We used to go shopping in Canada all the time with my mom, and and she actually she was a young mother, so she thought, and the French Canadian way of spelling was M A T H I E U, so she thought the American way when I was born was M A T H E W. So I've never met anybody that has one T in Matthew. Ah, that makes you unique, though. Yeah, I guess I never met somebody who had two eyes and Sandy, but. Look at me. I'm lucky I have someone. That's right. <laughs> someone who has the, the two eyes. So uh, I want to thank you, as always, for being, uh, uh, my, being, pleasure. Thank being you. my guest and uh, talking about whatever's going on up at the State House. And uh, I hope, you know, I look forward to the rest of this year to be yep. able to have more conversations. And we'll see what happens in yep. 2025. Well, we'll see what happens in September, November. Yeah, and enjoy your conversation with Michelle. Yeah, she's, uh, she's already here. So thank you again. And we're going to step aside. And uh, the conversation's going to continue. You're tuned in to Monday Night Talk here at 95.9 WATV. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi, on 95.9 WATD. Go ahead, indulge yourself every Wednesday night, tune into the Francesca Lucas Show, and join me for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration. So sit back and relax, or be stimulated, or both. Because being connected feels good. And who doesn't need more of that these days? Don't miss the Francesca Luca Show Wednesdays at 9 p.m. on 95.9 WATD. By the middle of the week, so much news has come your way, you need your own team to sort it out. Lucky for you, there's Jared Valenzola and the JV team to talk about the things you've heard and catch you up on some things you might not know. I'm Jared Valenzola. Join me and my guests as we have fun with current events and try to put things into perspective each week. Sponsored by Corey Welch of Boom Realty. Catch the JV team every Wednesday night at 6.15 here on 95.9 WATD. Download the Monday Night Talk podcast from iTunes for free. Just search for Monday Night Talk WATD. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. All right. Did you hear? We got a little, it's always fun. You know, folks, if only they can get like a bird's eye view of like what happens, you know, between one live segment during the um, stop set to the next. You know, there's a lot of chatter that goes on. 
not necessarily anything that we'd want to share on air. It's just a lot of crosstalk. You know, again, uh, Matt knows my next guest, Michelle Badger, uh, and they're kind of exchanging pleasantries, saying, hello, how are you? Um, and, and I said, um, Michelle Badger, who is a candidate for state rep, 1st Plymouth District, how are you? Matt, I see him most Saturday mornings at the gym, so it's oh. nice to see him here. <laughs> so for folks who may or may not know you, uh, let's just assume that some of them don't. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up in Plymouth. Um, I, you know, I went, I didn't go kindergarten. I went to private school because there was no full day K, but, you know, first grade through 12, senior year, and graduated from Plymouth Public Schools. Um, after that, I went to school in Virginia at Sweetbriar College, uh, played field hockey for them. Um, and, uh, you know, and after... Uh, I worked in Virginia for a couple of years. My background is in higher education, so I've been in fundraising of uh, for public, private, you know, four years and two year schools throughout my career. Uh, really, just making sure that students like myself, I would never have been able to go to a private school without um, all the scholarships that I received. And so, learning that as an undergrad and how that all kind of came about, and you know, all the wonderful people who held me up was kind of what made me want to get into fundraising. And I've been there for 17, 18 years now and um, in my free time in the town of Plymouth I'm on the school committee uh, after I came back from uh, living in Virginia for a couple years I um, moved back to Plymouth went to Suffolk University for grad school uh, and then after I graduated from there got right involved with Plymouth No Place for Hate and a couple other um, community organizations and decided when there was an open seat to run for the Plymouth School Committee and that was 12 and a half years ago and now I currently serve as chair of the school committee. Wow. Yeah. So, so what, what, do, what do you feel are some of the, the things that you've been able to do for any of the committees that you yeah. served on or even as a member of the school committee? What are some of the things you've been able to accomplish or, or be a part of? Yeah, I think, you know, we brought full day K. As I mentioned earlier, we didn't have it when I was a child growing up, but we brought full day K to Plum Public Schools, which I think, you know, very important for our working parents and also for the development of our, so our students. Yes, very costly. Mm. But, it, you know, that initial year is where you get hit. But then after that, you're getting money for those kindergartners. So, but it... it, it Works its way out, well, you know. They say earned income credit, right? Yeah, and they yeah. say that if you, um, I think it's for every dollar you invest in early childhood, the earlier childhood education, you get four to eight dollars back in the long run. So that's you know you're not spending on you know resources for uh, you know whether it's uh, housing or any other you know vital thing that keep our people in part of the community. Uh, it, it's it pays itself over and over. So what made you decide? You know, I think I want to run for higher office. I think I want to be a state rep. When did you come to that 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 moment that you said, I'm going to do it? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, service has always been a big part of me, giving back to where I, you know, whether it was my undergrad, I'm still actively involved with them, or whether it is Plymouth. You know, I've Plymouth gave me so much. It lifted me up, my teachers, community members. I struggled as a student myself. Mm. And so... Have, seeing everybody come together and lifting me up to make sure that I could be the best student and work really hard to get to where I wanted to be was really kind of, it's it's what makes me, kind of fuels me. When I jo- joined the school committee, it was all about lifting others up. And so this role when, you know, I had a, a bunch of people... You know, people have been asking me to do it for years. Uh, and I kept being like, no, no, no. I'm like happy at the school committee. And I'm still very happy at the school committee. But... 
when people were coming at me this time, it was a little different. And people were like, Michelle, this is your time. Do it. You've done a great work on the school committee and you keep doing it in other parts of our community. And you know, we think you'd be a great voice here. And, you know, after listening and talking and really thinking about it and talking with my family and my friends and just to get their thoughts on it, like Matt was talking mm. about, um, you know, I knew I had the support and the backing from people from all across our community that really just made me say, you know, Michelle, let's give it a shot. You never want to have regrets in life, right? And so I said, you know, I can do this. I can make a difference at the state level and I can bring back uh, all the resources that we need and fight really hard. I'm a very hard worker. Anybody who's worked with me can tell you I put 200% into whatever I'm doing. And so I am really committed and fueled by really passion and a commitment and a deep love for Plymouth. I'm probably going to guess that education <laughs> is going to be probably one of the top things that that will be a priority. But what are some of the other things? I mean, is it is it environment? Is yeah. it is it what you can bring back to the municipality for local aid? Yeah. What are some of the things that that you'd like to focus on if you are elected? You know, for me, and I hear from a lot of people and having conversations with people who are now um, friendly with that I didn't even know before this kind of even started uh, the. Uh, is accessibility um, and affordability in Plymouth. You know, affordability, I can't, I honestly can't afford to buy a house in Plymouth. It's, you know, I, you know, worked, I worked for the state. I worked for the state at Mass Maritime for 10 and a half years. And now I work at Mass Maritime. And I mean, sorry, I work at Massasoit um, for the last year and a half or so. And, you know, I finally am in a position where I can save and finish paying off my student loans and other pieces. And so I understand what it means to, you know, sit down and be like, how can I afford a home? I can afford a house, but what's going to go in it? And what kind of life is that if I'm just sitting in my house and I can't, you know, enjoy all the wonderful things that Plymouth has to offer or you know I have a a travel bug that is a problem you know so to me that is crucial we have seniors and young people and people who can't who moved to Plymouth years ago that can't afford to stay and so I want to see what we can do and I know I can work hard and a piece of me knows that it's not about me and it's not about one person's idea like Matt was saying it's about having those conversations and working together and that's something that I've been doing since I was on you know first got on the Plymouth School Committee and that's a really important piece and then the accessibility piece we want to make sure that all members of our community can be involved in our community right Mm -hmm. you know when I first got on the school committee the number of English language learners was so small and now we're at 412 you know and that's just one area we have uh, we have parents that are supporting these students and guardians that also need access. So, and that's in lots of ac- areas of our community. So, how do we make sure they have the resources they need to be true members of our community? And really, that's what we all want, right? We want people to have access. And so, you know, that and obviously environment. I mean, Plymouth has so many beautiful walks and trails and places to go and beaches and you know and we've got mental health which is huge and having been on the school committee I can see it you know I get the text messages from our superintendent you know telling us things that happen and there's so many things you could go on and on public safety veterans seniors but you know I'm I'm here to have conversations and really just starting this and so once my website badgerforplymouth.com it's right now just a splash page but we are we have it we're just having a little bit of problems transferring it to where it's supposed to be. I don't get the technology behind it, but other people do. Um. <laughs> so I, I would ask you, so you, you probably had a chance to, to folks know now that you mm-hmm. are, you're a candidate. Yes. What are they coming up to? Because people will, if they know you're a candidate yeah. and know that you have an open ear and you're willing to listen, yeah. they will, t- they will, they will just spill it out and yeah. say, this is what bothers me. What can you do about this? What are some of the things that you're hearing on a regular basis 
from folks who know that you're a candidate yeah. and want you to, you know, um, ass- help with particular issues uh, in Plymouth? You know, I hear a lot about the affordable housing piece, making sure that people can stay in Plymouth. That's a huge thing that you hear. I hear it from, you know, people younger than me, people my age, people older than me, seniors, the whole nine yards. There is some... It's a major thing. It's major. Um, And then we hear, obviously, the environment. You know, that's a big piece. I've had um, some great conversations about what people's, you know, think we need to do for a variety of areas. And, you know, environment's always been a passion of mine, but it's not something that I know a ton about. And so I am really in that listening stage. I've heard about seniors because 40% of Plymouth is 50 or above. And so, you know, we're going to continue to age. What does that mean with Plymouth? There's the safety issues. We've got, you know, uh, some of the streets should have lights, don't have lights. And I get that. And I get even that as a school committee member that, you know, so there's, and you know, we've got special education that as a, a district and a state, we could do better by. These are parents. And that's obviously because of my role in the school committee that I hear that. But there's so many things that different people are picking my ear for, and I can't wait to have deeper conversations and uh, learn more about their stance and how we can work together. If you're able to affect change, that yeah. usually is through committee assignments. Yes. Uh, there's some, um, obviously, ways and means is going to be, I think yeah. it's on everybody's top, <laughs> right? top list. What are some of the other ones that if there's hmm. a chance you'd like to serve on those committees to affect change, or at least policy. You know, I don't think that's really even, I haven't even made it that far to really think. You know, I think that obviously education is a big part, but given where I work, I probably, that might be a little bit different, difficult initially since there's some ethical issues there. You know, even if I think what's a year you have to give it or something like that. Um, But I really haven't done a deep thought. Obviously, ways and means is huge, but that hasn't been something that really has um, come into my brain at this point. How about being a team player? And yeah. I say, when I say team player, yeah, um, I think the big, the, I think the what the South Shore has benefited from, and I had asked this of Matt earlier, and that is, is that regardless of party affiliations, that a lot of the legislators are willing to work together if it's going to be for the greater good of the South Shore and its com- and its communities. How do you how do you feel about that? To be a part of the legislative delegation that's going to help get things accomplished, and help with bringing back uh, certain things for uh, the South Shore. Oh, my God. Working as a team is the only way to do it, right? I mean, um, Matt and I have been working, I feel like, since he first got elected on trying to figure out a way to cover some of the transportation costs, some or all of the transportation costs in Plymouth. Because we are such a large district, we're bigger than many of our regional school districts. Do you have a lot of unfunded mandates? Yeah, there are a lot of unfunded mandates. Um, But but with transportation, that's been something that if you look at our school budget, we could, uh, the amount of money we could save and what we could do with it would just be incredible. And so Matt and I, in the beginning, when he first got elected, we were starting to do like amendments onto the budget, seeing if maybe we could slide it in. No one would notice that Plymouth was over here on, on its own. Didn't work. And so we were trying to do a few things and we brought some smaller, like other districts like us um, into the conversation. Uh, and now, you know, we just had a conversation with Matt uh, probably about a month ago, maybe two months ago now, um, about an idea that our superintendent had. And it's funny, you know, you have these conversations and so many times you're talking about different solutions and you're like, oh, we can do this, we can do that. And you're like, oh, we did that, we did that. And, you know, uh, you know, Dr. Campbell was sitting and he just mentioned something and everybody looked at him in the table and was like, that's 
brilliant. You know, it takes those conversations. And, you know, if we're able to do it's we're, it's kind of like um, the circuit breaker for special education is kind of what we're looking at for transportation. And mm. so working with Matt, he's gotten us in to talk to, you know, DESE to have some conversations and getting I think we're on our waiting for our third level conversation at this point because, you know, we obviously had nine C cuts and we have all kinds of budget issues that are happening in the state. So it might not be something that's funded now, but as Matt talked about, you know, sometimes it takes years to get something accomplished. But if we keep pushing and we keep making it part of the conversation, because Plymouth desperately needs it, many other districts need some some of that relief that our regional school districts get that we just don't get because of the 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 large the large landmass of Plymouth. I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Matt, and that yeah. is what. This is an open seat, mm-hmm. not to you know, not to discount anybody else who's in the race. What makes you the best candidate for the first Plymouth district? Yeah, you know, I think uh, what makes me the best candidate. Yeah, what makes you the best candidate? You know, I have 12 years of experience I of working on the school committee. I have um, made a lot of connections with different, you know, state representatives that we have, uh, you know, and throughout that, the um, the state and the county. So I've had the connections there, um, you know, and I, I, I think that, or I know that I work really, really very hard. I can outwork people and you know I work really hard but I think that biggest part like Matt was saying it's that bringing people together and having conversations because it's not about one person and this campaign isn't about me this campaign is about what makes what's better for Plymouth what's better for first Plymouth district what can we do together and how can we you know find you know it doesn't matter if you're a D or an R does it you know just like like Matt was saying it that's not about it it's about how we can create change and how we can help our community just thrive and keep people who are who are grown up here. You know, I was having a conversation with I was reading a book at a school not that long ago. And this young boy, you know, I always ask this question, what would you like to see change or improved? And this little boy just looked at, you know, most of the kids are like, oh, I want recess time or I want and better lunch choices. And <laughs> this little boy. Right. And this little boy looked at me and he was like, I want more people to come to my school so they can have my teachers so that I can be their friends and they can meet my friends. And you want people to say that and you want people like that little boy to be able to grow up you know he's probably 10 um to be able to grow up and stay in our community and so if what i can do and as a team player with the rest of the delegation be able to bring back and help that young boy grow and thrive in plymouth that's what i want to do and i want to do that for everybody in conversation you know that conversation listening and learning i have always had an ear for that um you know anybody will tell you if they if they send me an email i respond you know sometimes it gets lost in my email but i will eventually respond for and have a phone call because you know that's i think how so many things are best accomplished is having those conversations if you're just tuning in we're speaking with michelle badger she is a candidate for first plymouth state rep um what do you feel going to be some of the key issues that uh, you're going to need to have answers for and 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 also to to uh, put voters at ease. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, you know, she spent a lot of time in education. Mm-hmm. That's where her passions lie, right?" Well, you already talked about housing. Yeah. You you're you're up on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're up on the environment. What do you think are there other key issues that that Folks in Plymouth are going to want to hear your your thoughts on. You know, I think I you know public safety is obviously something. Making sure that we're fully funding our, uh, we we get the funding for public safety in Plymouth that we continue to, um, you know the the I can't all of a sudden I've lost the word, but our the mental health. Um, 
component uh, component within our public safety mm. is is huge. Bringing in the uh, gosh the the ride along, not a therapist, but I can't I can't remember the words that we have, but we have them in Plymouth, and they have been such a resource in Plymouth for our uh, for our schools, making sure that you know if there's an incident or an issue with a student who's having a, a mental health. Uh, uh, episode that there someone can be there to help comfort them yes or to know you know what they should do what is you know a police officer yes they're trained in that but you know if we have mental health professionals that's going to get you and that person who's having whatever at any age wherever they are in their journey like being able to help them and you know i think that that's huge mental health uh, matt was saying it too mental health is something that covid really just I don't. I don't even know it. Exp- exponentially, like exploded the issue that we have, and it's at all ages. You can't just say it's in the schools. It's at every. I it was heightened t- our awareness. Yeah, it people. definitely did, and I think we can all say that we saw it coming. And you know, we've got it now. Where I have a, I have a cousin who's a nurse, and she works at a, a hospital, and she sees patients all the time coming in. Are they, you know, are they making sure like mothers who are postpartum? And there's just so many things that mental health and. Oh, God, you could go on and on, right? <laughs> we got less than a minute left yes. here. Um, anything I haven't asked you, anything you want to just say to the voters yeah. who are tuned in right now to uh, our conversation? You know what? Just ask for their support and to reach out to me. Um, our email right now is badgerforplymouth at gmail.com. And I just really want to have those conversations to learn more about what's important to you and how we can work together. And you can go to my website, which is badgerforplymouth.com, which is currently being worked on. Splash but, page. Yes, a splash page right now, but it will be better. I promise. Um, it, all the everything all the content's written. You can follow us on Facebook at Committee to Elect Michelle Badger and on Instagram, Badger for Plymouth. Uh, but yeah, just please reach out. I'm looking to have all these conversations and to knock all the doors and just to learn more about the First Plymouth District and, and to best serve the, the residents. So I just really, I'm asking for their support and their vote. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Thank folks, you. That, folks, that's it for the first hour. There's more ahead. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk. Stay tuned for more. The South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. 95.9 WATD-FM Marshfield and 95.9 WATD.com. Be a part of the show. Call in and join in on the conversation. 781-837-4900. Now, back to Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. We return our number two of Monday Night Talk. Later this hour, we'll talk uh, a little hockey with host of Dropping the Gloves, Tim Warsberger. I believe he's a Hanson native. I could be wrong. Uh, and Benny Rabinovitz from Causeway Kings. That's also a hockey podcast. We'll talk everything NHL, Boston Bruins, and much more. But right now, we turn our focus to the community of Hanson. Joining us right now is the chairperson for the Hanson Select Board, Laura Fitzgerald Kemet. Laura, welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Thanks, Kevin. Nice to be on. Thanks. Now, be- before we we get into some of the the, the, the topics that we're going to talk about, 
I think we got one important matter, and that is just to talk a little bit about uh, someone named Hazel. <laughs> yeah, we just adopted Hazel uh, October 1st, so we've had her for four months, and um uh, you know, I have often asked my husband, what the heck were we thinking getting a puppy? But um, she's keeping us on our toes. She's a sweetheart, but um, she's definitely keeping us busy. What what type of, what, what type of dog, if I may ask? Um, she's just a mutt, but we got her from uh, Buddy and Friends, um, who is based out of Hanson, and they do a lot of events in the area. And, um, and in fact, I run into people at Burridge all the time who have also adopted dogs from Buddy and Friends, but they all come from Tennessee, from a shelter in Tennessee. So, so, so it, it's worth noting uh, one of the first things that we should talk about, uh, uh, the revitalization of Main Street in Hanson. I know that's something that's been long sought after. Many times when there are conversations or folks running for office, one of the top issues is is that folks want to find a way to to start, you know, developing Main Street and making it a destination for folks in town. Or at least, you know what, make it somewhere that is um that if folks are looking for affordable housing or or maybe some of the, the local businesses are looking for a home, that Main Street would be uh, a place to to go. Uh, talk to me about the, the latest. I know that there are a couple of developments that have been uh, erected. One next to I think one of the fire stations, and then one across from uh, one on I think it's twenty seven and twenty seven in High Street that there's a there's right. something that's been erected. Right. Um, so my my um, litmus test, my measurement for progress is that I can drive down Main Street without cringing every inch of the way. Um, and so uh, we've been fortunate. We've had a couple of um, private developers come in and take interest in some properties. Now, one of the properties um, was a beautiful Victorian, and uh, people were pretty upset um, with the fact that it's such a beautiful historical building was being taken down. But um, Stephen Egan, who took it down, really explained that the economics just didn't work. The building was really beyond repair. Originally, he had hoped he might have been able to reuse that, but it just wasn't in the cards when you ran the numbers. And that's usually the case when you're looking at a building that's been left abandoned for a while. Um, and then he took down the teleconnectors building again, which was in a state of steady disrepair. And what we're seeing there is mixed use. Um, so the top floor is residential and the bottom floor is business. We've already got our lash who's going to be um, already, they're already in Hanson. Um, and we're delighted that um, they've decided to expand. Um, they're going to keep their old location, uh, which is also on Main Street right next to Ace Hardware. And they're going to expand and, um, and have uh, more uh, business um, and, and expand the types of businesses that they have um, at the location that um, Stevie 